Hi, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy. Um, here, uh, and so thank you for joining us this week's episode of Wise Content Creates Wealth. Um, you've heard that content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Wise content is content that incorporates search science, behavioral science, um, uh, You've heard the content is king. Well, wise content, content rules the world. Wise content is content that incorporates search science, behavioral science, artificial intelligence, big data, and content marketing to power the development, activation, and optimization of high-performing content. It is the heart of modern marketing and will fuel a future modern market. Without it, digital marketers will fail behind their competition lose connectivity with their customers and ultimately fail at being profitable. I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy and I'm a marketing technology expert. I am also an award-winning content producer. This podcast arose out of my desire to develop an audience in the COVID world and where, where in-person networking is not available. So um, this is one avenue of wise content I am pursuing uh, to build wealth. Uh, and today, um, we're going to have, I think, a great guest. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty, but uh, about targeting your niche audience. This is the first podcast in over seven months, so I'm glad to be back. I'll tell you why the layoff. Um, I'll tell you why the, um, the, why the layoff happened in a moment. But first, let's give the background on this show again. I coined the term... Uh, Wise content describe the the uh, content that is impactful, inspiring to people, encounter it to take action. Uh, that can be as simple as the decision to buy a product or services, or as complex as organizing for societal change. A classic example is the re-release of the 1936 propaganda film *Reefer Madness*. Uh, which was uh, done in the 30s to try to uh, persuade people not to uh, smoke marijuana. But in the 70s, it became a cult hit on college campuses um, because one um, uh, digital distribution company uh, uh, was allowed to, exp uh, uh, to uh, distribute it. Uh, and then it became such a big hit that that uh, company, New Line Cinema, I think you've heard of them, uh, was grew and was later responsible for runaway hits like The Nightmare on Elm Street and The Lord of the Rings tri trilogy. A more recent example might be how Oreo won the Super Bowl in 2013 with a tweet. Uh, you can look that up, but basically a single tweet and they and they and they and they dominated the the conversation about the Super Bowl. Um, but you know, more mundane examples would be landing pages and content that effectively gets people, companies found, or get people to convert into clients. Um, recently, and this this is, leads to why I was not here for seven months. I used wise content to solve a big problem I was having in another business. Um, and besides my company, Galileo Tech Media, I own a, a, a motel resort in the mountains of North Carolina called the Meadowlark Motel. It's near Asheville, North Carolina, and it's a prime lodging destination to start exploring the Smoky Mountains. Well, this last summer, I put in a vaccine mandate for my staff at the motel. And this is because there was a big surge in the area. And, as, and I was also wanting to bring my three-year-old twins down to visit their grandparents. And of course, they stay at the, we have a, a place at the 
at the motel that we stay at. So uh, I wanted to protect them. And, and I've been misleaded about the nature of the, of the staff's, you know, um, you know, vaccine status. So I just went down and, you know, was, had said, well, listen, we got to do this. Or it's ethically, you know, as a hospitality provider, you got to be safe. And so ethically, you've got to be uh, vaccinated. So, um, but, they, the, uh, but they didn't like it. And 90% of the staff quit them and, and, you know, and there was a big labor shortage in the area and, uh, and jobs were easier to find. So when I was trying to find people to come in and replace the staff, nobody was, was, was most of all, first of all, I couldn't find very many people to even interview. And most of them didn't want to do the vaccine either because this is a sort of a rural area. Um, so I ended up having to run the hotel myself, clean rooms and everything else. Um, and I was in pretty desperate state. So I started using my other skills to figure out how to solve this problem. So I started posting the story on social media that a local small paper picked up the story and wrote a very small article about it. Then my team took that article and pushed it out to a lot of writers. We targeted at the bigger uh, regional and national um, locations. And, what, and it got picked up by the Charlotte Observer and made into a huge story in the front page of the Charlotte Observer that it got picked up and, and, and uh, all over the nation and in in in. Um, in um, um, in newspapers as far away as uh, California and Detroit. And that solved my problem because all of a sudden the people I was trying to reach reached out to me. They wanted to come work for me. They, they, they knew that they wanted to be in this safe environment. They liked what I was doing, what I was talking about. So all of a sudden, boom, I was able to staff up and, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and, uh, and get, get back in business. But it took a while, and, and I, you know, I, I had to put the Wise Content uh, podcast on on hold while I was dealing with this. But why? But then Wise Content saved my business. So uh, many factors go into the creation of Wise Content. First and foremost, creators must understand that the needs and desires of the audience, uh, and this requires careful analysis and use of data to inform decisions about what to create and how to promote it other knowledge, tools, and tactics such as behavioral science, artificial intelligence, semantic research, and influencer co-creation can have minimal on impact on the content produced and its resulting effectiveness. And these can also dynamically change wise content and personalize it to be more effective. So armed with this knowledge and tools, creators can produce wise content and place themselves in a strong position to build on the content success. This podcast investigates the people, science, techniques, stories, case studies, and tools of wise content success. My company, Galilee Tech Media, executes on creating wise content and marketing campaigns. So read more about that at galileotechmedia.com and sign up for a newsletter. Now, today I have a really fantastic guest. Um, her name is Shandel Varciana, and she is the owner of Varci Media a content writing company that helps financial institutions save time by writing content that speaks to their target audience. Shondell and her team have transferred, transformed their clients' blogs into a solution provider for their, their customers. How are you doing, Shondell? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. How are you? Fine. So you managed to find it here. We had little technical uh, glitches. I, was, uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know which way this was going to go. I thought I'd get the okay. lead. That's I was going to have to read it. 
technology. That's technology. That's how it is sometimes. But happy to be here. Thanks for having me again. So how did you get in the content game? Uh, It started a while ago. Um, I paid off a couple mortgages back in 2011. And a girlfriend had suggested that I start or I help people to be able to do the same thing. Uh, I paid them off in like 11 years. And um, she suggested that I start blogging just to, you know, help other people buy houses, buy rental properties, pay off mortgages, things like that. And, and that's what I did. I started my own blog and it over time, it became popular. And um, radio stations and magazines started contacting me just wanting to hear my story. And that led to companies starting to contact me wanting me to write for them. And I was I was still I still had my full time job at the time and I couldn't handle all the work. So I just started hiring some writers. And, um, and here we are today. Fabulous, fabulous. So, uh, and when did you start the company itself? 2014. 2014. Hey, that's when I started Galileo Tech Media. Congratulations. Wow, wow. <laughs> the same year. <laughs> Congratulations to both of us. Yeah. So, uh, so, um, so, and how did you decide to focus in on the financial niche? Uh, so uh, when we first started, we were actually writing for everybody. And I found that we weren't able to write the best content because it was difficult to find writers that were well-versed in many different industries. And um, I realized that we needed to kind of hone in on one industry and financial institutions just really comes from my background. I started working in banking when I was 18. So I've I've worked in that world for um, a really, really long time. And I saw the gap when I was blogging and giving people um, advice on, you know, how to get a mortgage. I also used to be a lender. I used to be an underwriter. I used to be a mortgage loan originator. So I was able to, um, uh, to speak to people who wanted a house on both sides of the fence because I was also a consumer as well as I used to lend money to people that wanted to buy houses. And what I found was um, there was so much information in financial institutions and it wasn't making its way out to their uh, customer. And people were coming to me for advice, but they weren't coming to me for advice because I worked inside of a financial institution. They were coming to me for advice because I was in front of them. Um, and th- that was the major gap that I had seen. Um, you know, a lot of banks and credit unions and so forth, they're not going where their ideal customer is. So they're not able to reach their ideal customer because they're just not present in in some of the places that they're at. And I was present and that was the only reason why they were coming to me. So that was a huge gap that I saw. And that was part of the reason why we decided to, uh, let's just focus on financial institutions because I just had the experience um, from both sides of the fence. Cool, I think that, you know, um, that's a good good lesson for everybody is as you know start your content really your content marketing with where you have uh, knowledge so yeah well we have to take our first break it happened so fast uh, you know <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little rusty here so uh, we'll come back and talk more about uh, targeting a niche are you a business owner do you want to be a business owner do you work with business owners Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. This is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast with my guest, Shondell Marciana. So, uh, Shondell, um, I, you know, I, last, I like to ask people that are, you know, in this field, experts and things, what, what, do, you, what do you consider, and, you know, most business owners or, or even, you know, the corporate managers of content, uh, you know, opportunities and marketing and things like that really have different uh, different pictures of this new industry, right? What, what do you what do you define as content marketing? Uh, content marketing is really uh, the distribution of content. Um, so the marketing of the actual content. For example, um, you know, like Netflix, for example, is a content provider. They they make mm. movies, they make TV shows, but they advertise those TV shows to people so that they can subscribe to Netflix and actually watch it. So it's the distribution of the content and how that's marketed so that people can actually see it. Because if you um, just kind of create content and no one knows about it, then it's kind of dead content. So the marketing mm-hmm. of that is what content marketing is. You know, I, I read, I read it. I was just reading this morning. It was like, what is it? At this point, I think they're spending uh, $193 billion uh, a year creating content business in the United States, right? But only, um, only a, less than half of that, I think, is, um, is actually getting read, right? Can you imagine that? They're, they're, you know, like, that's like, like, that's, that's over, uh, you know, over almost $100 billion worth of wasted every year of wasted money being yeah. spent on content that nobody, it's not even read. No one's reading it. I know that, that's, that's crazy investment. That's the wrong thing. So, but you know, I, I don't you think that's because uh, people are just not doing content, right? Um, I think it, there's a few things. Um, sometimes people are creating content and it's not being marketed where their ideal customer is. Mm -hmm. Um, that's one thing. Another thing too, is sometimes you could be marketing content where your customer is, but it's not what your customer wants. So there's, there's so many different factors into why the content may not 
um, be, it, why it's not read. Um, there's, there's many different factors because you can be creating content and you can put it exactly where your ideal customer is. But if you don't know your ideal customer, the content won't resonate with them. So the first thing you have to really do is really get to know who they are so that you can create what they want. Because oftentimes we create what we want and what we want may not necessarily be what the ideal customer wants. So we always have to remember that it has nothing to do with us. It's all about them. And the more we know about them, the better able you are to serve them. Because that's really all it is. It's, it's really you trying to provide a solution to whatever problem it is that they have through the content that you create. So they know about you. So they start to like you. So they start to trust you. So they start to do business with you. So that's really what it, what it comes down to. Well, how would a, uh, a business start getting to understand what they're there? What would they do? What would be the process for them to understand what their, their customers are wanting? Um, I, I say show up where they are. You've got to find out where they congregate. Where, where do they hang out and show up there and just be that fly on the wall to see what they're talking about. What are they complaining about? What are some misconceptions that they have? Um, you've got to get where they are and start building relationships with them to get to know who they are because they're really just people like you and I. Mm -hmm. So it's really just finding out who they are. What do they like? What are they into? Um, and then that, that, that has to be done before you even start creating any kind of content, whether it's written, whether it's audio, whether it's video, um, because if you don't know who they are, it makes it very difficult to create content. I don't think it should be a guessing game. You really just provide the content that they want to know. Um, mm -hmm. So questions that they're asking. So um, wherever they are is where you have to show up. Uh, Facebook groups are a great place for um, finding your ideal customer if they're on Facebook, because um, there's Facebook groups for everything. So if they are on Facebook. That, only, that strategy only works if they're on Facebook. If they're not, then forget Facebook. Right, right, yeah. If they are on Facebook, chances are they're in some type of Facebook group. And groups are great because you've got a lot of people congregating there about one particular topic, right? So whether it's mortgages, whether it's investments, whether it's crypto, whatever it is that you service you offer, um, you've got to find out where they are and show up there consistently. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, you know, I've been a, I've been been involved in inbound marketing, you know, uh, for a long time, and you know, there was always the concept of you know creating a, a buyer personas and understanding the journey. Um, do you think that's still necessary for a business that's uh, doing content marketing? Absolutely, especially since we focus on financial institutions and their journey is literally a bank can have a client, a customer from 18 till retirement when you think about it, right? And, mm. and you know, somebody at 18 is going to want some something different than somebody at 50. So, um, but, you know, one, one person, they can both want a mortgage, but they could both mm. be in different parts of their journey, like a, you know, a 20 something year old, um, maybe looking for their first home, a 50 year old may be looking for their second home, third home, or rental property, or something different, but both need mortgages, both want homes, just for different purposes. Mm. So um, knowing, knowing where your customer is on their journey, and trying to fulfill their needs throughout their journey, helps you to have long lasting customers and long lasting relationships with your customers. So mm -hmm. you can always help them. You know, and, um, you know, in my, in my, you know, my work, you know, I do a lot of a couple of different things. One is, um, you know, doing the SEO, you do keyword research. How effective, do you do keywords research in your content marketing? Do you find it effective to help understand what the conversation is? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. The, the, we don't do the actual keyword research. Oftentimes our customers are they they have they're doing seo so they'll give us the keywords we typically will come up with topics for them so we'll come up with topics 
around the keyword. So obviously we're gonna come up with topics based on what people are searching for. They've already done the research. They know what their customer wants, what their customers are searching for. And then we'll typically come up with topics based on the keywords and then organically add the keywords throughout the content. Um, but yeah, keywords are huge because that tells you exactly what your customer potential customers are searching for on Google. And mm -hmm. you can create some great content um, surrounding what it is they're searching for. So yeah, keywords are huge. That, all about helping them get ranked at the end of the day. So absolutely. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I think it's fine. To, you know, I think it's interesting to find use keyword research to actually find topics too. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, there was a um, there was a company came on here and did a uh, did a uh, did a uh, podcast with me on uh, they have an AI platform for SEO called uh, SEO Surf, Surfer SEO right, and I like to use it because. Um, I can do a, I can generate a, a sort of a poor man's content plan in a minute, right? Because I can put in a keyword and I'll and I'll generate, you know, a uh, hundred different uh, page ideas with ten keywords per page with volume and everything else, right? Based upon what the other the other sites out there that are ranking for that keyword have have uh, written about, right? So it gives you like the top 100 or 150. So it's a fast way, you know, using keywords to, to try to, you know, it's not necessarily the best content, but it gives you a really great starting point, right? Yeah. Is there, you know, is there any tools like that that you can identify? Like maybe BuzzSumo in the social media space that helps people find out what that conversation they need to be part of is it is? We don't get so much involved in um, the keyword research because they usually have SEO agencies that do that or the larger banks already have their own team that's doing that. So we mm. usually come in after they've already done that. They've already okay. found keywords and then they give the keywords to us. So we're we're strictly um, the written content. You're on the written side of the thing, not the, yeah. not the, not the finding the audience. Right? No, the yeah. SEO, we used to actually write for digital marketing agencies before yeah. we kind of honed in. And it's a whole other beast all of its own. Like there's co many companies out there that all they do is SEO. They're just SEO agencies and that's all they do. Um, and then they may outsource the content or they may, you know, hire internally for that. So that's a whole different beast. Um, but I do know that our, some of our customers, they just use, they use Google um, for their yeah. keyword research as well. Um, quite a few of them use Google just to get their their keyword yeah. done, but some of them use some of the other companies. Yeah. Some use SEO agencies that find the keyword. Do you, do you use, use any tools in your in the, when you're creating content? Is there or is it you uh, basically using your expertise and uh, knowledge, um, or do you have any tools that assist you? Um, not tools per se. Typically, it depends on the type of content we're writing, but expert opinions that we get. Um, so we may do interviews to write some of the content. Um, some of our, um, we may listen to podcasts where an expert's speaking to get some of the content. So we do draw from different areas to write the content depending on the topic, but specific tools to help us come up with um, or, or to help us write the content, not so much so because it's very research intensive. So mm -hmm. it's mainly just doing the research to, to get the information to write the content. So not mm -hmm. actual tools that help us to write content. No, it's, it's to, we do it the old fashioned way. We have, because all of our, all of our co content that we write, it's all unique, it's all customized. So yeah. it's not, we don't write a standard, you know, piece of content that, you know, five banks will use. It's all mm -hmm. customized to what they want. So it's yeah. not a, we can't, we can't use a specific tool to get a paragraph. No, we, we don't do that. We're, we're the old, we got to do it the old fashioned way, especially for it to get ranked. It's got to be unique. It's got to be original. Right. So 
yeah, we still do that. So, um, so you you do you chose you you have an overall niche, you know, financial companies, right, for your business. But you know, writing content, you know, there's actually a lot of niches in there for what your target is and what they're wanting to consume. Do you focus just on one niche within that the, that financial services, or do you fo focus on multiple niches uh, for content for um, for uh, in the financial services field? So we mainly only write for uh, banks, credit unions, and mortgage companies. We don't write for insurance companies, with, which would also fall under the financial institutions. Um, so we, we don't write insurance product stuff. Mm -hmm. It's mainly mortgage related is the majority of the content that we write. And then we'll have some clients that um, we do have some customers that are getting into the crypto space. So we do have a couple of writers that are very, um, that, that, that handle the crypto stuff. Um, but there are times where our customers may come and they may ask us to write on a specific topic and we just may say no because we just are not, um, mm -hmm. you know, versed there. But the majority of content we write is around your retail banking products. Cool. And, you know, when you um, when you're making that content, uh, what I'm trying to get to is I think that there's, you know, people, you know, uh, in most industries that I've ever been involved with, there's there's usually you know, different customers in different stages of the buying journey. Yeah. There's different types of customers, you know, that are, are that are potentially buying. There's also partners and there's referrers and there's, do you do, do you differentiate when you're doing your content across all those kind of niches within the niche? Yes. Yes. So for example, like the buyer personas, you'll have, you know, 18 to 25 year olds, 25 year olds to 40 year olds. Um, and then even within there, you'll have, first time home buyers, you'll have people who, um, you know, are renters, you'll have people who um, want credit cards, they're going for, you know, their car loan. So yes, the, it, it is broken down because the the range of customers that our clients have are just all over the place. They're pretty much everybody between 18 and retirement. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it has to be broken down because th those different audiences are going to want different things. Um, and even, even, you know, if we're even product uh, related. So if, you know, if one, you, you can even have like 25 to 45 year olds, but, you know, some are focused on loans, some are focused on investments, others are focused on, you know, buying a home, buying a, a second home, buying a rental property. So it really depends on um, the audience as well as what that audience wants. And sometimes even that is segmented. So it, it, does, it just depends on what they're focused on at that particular time. Um, will determine what we're writing about. But yeah, it's all broken down into exactly who we're targeting and what they want to know. Okay, cool. So we're going to have another break now um, and then we'll come back. We'll talk more about targeting your niche. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. This is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast with my guest, Shondell Marciana. Um, so, Shondell, you know, um, if there's a business owner here or, uh, or a listing or a you know, manager of a, of a marketing department that's got to start doing more content marketing uh, or even, even just begin from, you know, to, to do it, what, what kind of advice would you, uh, coaching would you get, give them to get started? Yeah, I would definitely say, find out where your target audience is and, and show up there and just listen to what conversations they're having. So you can get an idea of what it is they want to know. Um, listen for, look for patterns, look for, you know, what people are complaining about, uh, what questions people have, some misconceptions people may have. And I would start creating content around that. Um, and of course, posting it where it is they hang out and start um, having conversations with them. Like if they are, you know, wherever they are, whether it's TikTok, whether it's Clubhouse, uh, where, wherever, wherever it is, um, don't be afraid to go in the comment section if you're if they're in Facebook groups and they're asking questions. And if you can answer those questions, answer those questions, um, because that is part of building the relationship with your ideal customer. Um, but I would get in there and get to know who they are and then start creating content um, based on that. And don't be afraid to try different things, because sometimes you may not know if they want the written content, if they want audio, if they want video. So I would try different things and then always pay attention to the analytics. Pay attention to what are they most engaged with. Pay attention to the different types of content that you're putting out, the topics, and what people are are, are re what's resonating with people more, and then just create more of that. So mm -hmm. it really is testing, testing, testing as you are creating content, and also you've got to be consistent because um, out of sight, out of mind. So you've always got to be posting. You've always got to be paying attention to what your ideal customer. Uh, is what's resonating with them and continue to just create content based on that. Would you, um, would you recommend looking at competitors and what's uh, being successful and, 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 you know, doing something with the content that type, that type, whatever they're creating? I think yes and no. I think so. Okay. I do think you should pay attention to what they're doing, but don't get lost in that 
because sometimes people stay so focused on what their competitors are doing that they're not in tune with what their ideal customer wants. Mm -hmm. I think the focus needs to be more on what your ideal customer wants and honing in on that and creating content that you know is going to resonate with them. Um, at the same time, keeping your eye on what your competitors are doing as well. But sometimes I just see too many people so focused on their competitors <laughs> that they're not, they're more focused on their competitors than they are on their ideal customer, which is never a good thing. Because the more you know your ideal customer, the less likely they are going to leave you when you do get them. Mm -hmm. that, that's just what I have found. So that, that would be what I would say. Well, um, you know, if, they, if, 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 some, if they ask you, how long is this going to be take to see some success with content marketing? What's your answer? I cannot give you an exact answer, but it does depend on how often you post and how consistent you are. Because some, some uh, organizations will, you know, they'll post once a week um, and they're upset when they don't see results after a few months. But consistent to me is every day. So um, you, you've got to be posting like every single day. I mean, the, the big brands are posting multiple times per day. Um, mm -hmm. And the reason why they're posting multiple times per day is exactly to your point earlier, because everybody is not seeing everything they post, right? So the more you post, the more likely there is for your ideal customer to see it. And if they continuously see it, they may not be ready to buy right now but they may be ready to buy in six months. So mm -hmm. it is a long game when it comes to content, but the fact the results come faster, the more consistent you are and the more you are posting. What do you think is a good indicator that, uh, that you're doing well with the content marketing that you're getting enough out there? Business. Business. business well yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the number one indicator yeah that's but er, early er, let's just say early on maybe that maybe it's uh, you're having success but there uh, yeah sometimes there's a lag between success and buying yes uh, and what? you know what i would also say too is there's many different ways to um when it comes to content like immediate immediate uh results you're gonna have to do some paid stuff you're gonna have to do some ppc ads or facebook ads that will give you the immediate now the the organic content that we're talking about is more the long game and a lot of people do both combine both because you want you want the consistency over a long period of time but if you're wanting the immediate results you're gonna have to get into you know uh, pay-per-click ads and facebook ads you're gonna have to start paying for, for ads because that gives you gets you directly into directly in front of your ideal customer and you know the way how it works the more money you pay the more they show your ad to people mm -hmm. so that's that's just the name of the advertising game but that's what I would say if you want more more immediate results um, in terms of posting that's more organic which takes a longer time cool so um, you mentioned briefly Facebook and uh, you have a Facebook strategy that you really like to use, right? What is, what is uh, that? Yeah. So if, um, uh, kind of, I kind of touched on it earlier. If your ideal customer is on Facebook, I would say to, uh, whatever service or products you are offering, find Facebook groups where people are interested in that particular product. So I'll just give you a quick example. Mm -hmm. our, our ideal customer, um, you know, naturally they sell mortgages. So I would tell them to join. And if they're targeting first time home buyers, I would tell them to join two Facebook groups 
that are targeting first-time home buyers. So you just really just go into groups on Facebook and put first-time home buyer groups. Um, and whatever it is that you're selling and you're, you, you know, you're looking for your ideal customer, you just can search on Facebook groups and see what comes up. I would say just join the top two. So top two, meaning the, the two that have the most people and are the most active, because you'll find some Facebook groups that have people, but they're not active. And active meaning they post at least five to 10 times per day. Um, and the reason why you want to get into groups that are most active and have the most people is just because you'll get the best bang for your time because they're always posting. There's a lot of people in there and it will be quicker for you to get to know your ideal customer because you're going to start seeing questions. And what you're looking for is patterns. You're looking for what are a lot of people complaining about? What are questions that several people have? And um, if you can answer those questions, answer them. Because in these groups, you're not able to really sell your services. When you, when you join these groups, they specifically say, do not sell yourself. But you don't need to if you're consistently providing value. Value meaning you're answering questions that people have because people will see you over time. While you're doing that, of course, your Facebook page should have exactly what you do, your contact information, website, whatever it is, everything that you do on there. And as I would say about, it's probably going to take you a few months before you start to see patterns and start to see exactly what, you know, people are talking about and misconceptions and stuff people have, then you want to start creating content based on what they're talking about on your Facebook page. Because if you're, it's a holistic approach that we're, we're going after. As you're creating content that they're talking about, you're still commenting in there, you're still answering questions. Eventually they're gonna realize this person's always answering questions. This person's always in here. They're probably gonna go on your page or maybe just say, can I DM you for more information? I, another, another thing that you can do to take it a step further is things that they're talking about, questions that they're asking. If you wanna get into search engine optimization, based on what they're asking, see if there are keywords that they're also searching for on Google. So they may be asking questions on Facebook and also searching for those same things on Google. So you want to look and see what they're also searching for on Google, and then you can create a search engine optimization strategy as well, and then get into the content on your website based on what it is they're searching for on Google. So as I was saying, it's a holistic approach, um, but that's where I would start. And that's a little Facebook strategy to help you to get to know your ideal customer and to get them over to your side. Because the goal at the end of the day is you want to get to know them, but you either want them to subscribe to your blog. You want to, you, you really want to get their email address at the end of the day so that they can, um, so you have their contact information so that you can reach out to them. Mm -hmm. And that will only come by having some type of, um, you know, whether it's a checklist, something that you can offer them that they would actually give you their email address, that should be on your website, which should be on your Facebook page. Which is an important part of content marketing is realizing that you got to persuade them once they get to your, uh, your, your landing pages, your pages. Exactly. You, know, you know, for me, wise content, you know, my concept, the wise content really is a big in that arena, right? Because you got to use psychology, you got to use every trick in the book to get people to take an action. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that takes time because if yeah. you don't know, and oftentimes you don't like even people who've been creating content, I mean, Coca-Cola and the big brands, they still spend billions of dollars on advertising because they're mm -hmm. still testing. They're still tweaking. They're still trying to get better and better and better. And the other thing too, is people change right? And mm -hmm. the more you know your customer, you'll know when they change so that you can change your marketing. So you can change your message. So it continues to resonate with them. So yeah. that's the reason why these big brands, they spend so much money because I mean, it, they, they want the business at the end of the day and they, they, they want to get in front of their customer more and more and more. 
And what do you think about, um, you know, you're talking about Facebook. What do you think about advertising on Facebook, like promoted posts and things like that as part of your content plan? Yeah, I think I think Facebook is brilliant. I think they're just up there with, with uh, PPC ads. It just depends on what you're selling because uh, Facebook ads don't work for everything. It really depends on what your product or service is. Um, but I think Facebook, I, I, they're brilliant in my opinion. I, from where they've come from to where they are now, um, it, it is crazy. And I know people have talked about different things that they're doing, but in terms of advertising, um, yeah, they're depending on what your product or service is. I think Facebook is huge. The tar- I mean, you can literally target people on a street with Facebook mm-hmm. ads. It's very, very targeted. And the more you spend, the more they will show your ad to people on a particular street. Like it's insane how, how, um, but again, that only works if your audience is on Facebook. Right. So that, that's why there's some like teenagers probably no longer on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they love the TikTok, yeah. um, Snapchat. They like Snapchat. Clubhouse is yeah. getting really, really popular, um, especially for um, for mortgage products and stuff. There are a lot of oh, people. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. that and that's why I was saying earlier about shifting with your audience. Like you've got to know where they are because if they were on one platform and now they've moved on to another platform, you need to know that so that you can go on that platform with them. Right. Well, I mean, and, and people actually are on multiple platforms too. Yeah. So then you have, and, and different niches of your audience yep. are on different platforms. So it does become a, a whole puzzle, right? Yeah, yes, it does. And different platforms, the message is different on different platforms too. Yeah. You've got to learn you know, yeah. again, why it's a long game. Because well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be dancing on, on the Facebook, but I might, <laughs> I might, I might have to dance on t- TikTok. <laughs> yeah, you, have to you can, you can have your twins dance on TikTok. There you people, go. People would love that. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to take a final break and then come back, finish up with, uh, you know, some uh, other insights you might want to leave us with and uh, how people can reach you and that sort of thing. Yeah. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Hello, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast with my guest, Shondell Marciana. So, um, Shondell, what, uh, what do you think are the common mistakes that people make when they're creating or writing content or doing content marketing? Uh, common mistakes are definitely thinking that you can post whenever you want, because uh, that's, I think, uh, posting whenever you want is, is just not going to be enough to move the needle. Um, so that's definitely a common mistake and um, just not being consistent. And then when they do post, they may not, they're just not consistent with the content and the consistency is just so important because it's in the consistency of you creating content, which is going to help you to know what's working from what's not working. Um, which is why I, I always recommend being consistent because it's, uh, it'll tell you, um, it'll give you more uh, data to look at to see what's working from what's not working. So you can stop doing what's not working and continue to do what's working. Hmm. And, you know, uh, people that have made mistakes, you know, or not done it correctly, and they, they, you know, businesses come at you and they say, well, this doesn't work. I've never had success with content or it doesn't drive re revenue. What do, you, what do you talk to them about? I usually ask them why is that and what they're doing. Um, that's usually my question before like getting into why it doesn't or it's not working doesn't make sense unless I find out what it is they've been doing because maybe it does work it's just what they've been doing is not working and there could be a million reasons why it's not working so I would have to dig a little bit deeper to find out exactly what they're doing and um, really find out who they are who their target audience is and how we can bridge that gap and then where is their target audience and are they consistently in front of their target audience so um, but there's a lot of questions that have to be asked because um, we get that question all the time. Um, mm. And oftentimes it's the common mistakes that I just mentioned. They're kind of posting whenever they want. They're not posting where their ideal customer is. They're not answering questions that their ideal because at the end of the day, content has to solve some type of problem, right? People are searching on Google because they're looking for something and what they're looking for, you should be providing it to them through your content. Right. If they're not looking for what you're providing, then that's not going to resonate with them. Right. They're always typing in questions that there's something that people are searching for on Google, which is why they're typing in a question or whatever it is they're typing in. They're looking for something. Right. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be that answer to what it is they're looking for, whether it's a question, whatever problem they have. That's really what it comes down to is giving them what they want through the products and services that you offer. And maybe you can't even give them what they want through your products and services, which is fine because that just means that's not your ideal customer. Uh, well, you know, it, it sounds like you, you built your business by content, right? From the get-go, you, you started getting pretty well known for it, right? Yeah. But what would you say is, uh, you know, if you had to point to a single piece of content that was your most successful, what, 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 what would you say that was? Ooh, you know what? Stories resonate really well with people. Um, I think the, the best content in all honesty, that is, is usually content that's not related to products. So if, then what I mean by that is, let's say um, for our customers example, for example, uh, you know, they're all selling mortgages, right? But people want that feel good story. People wanna see, okay, how did Amy and Brad get from A to Z? How did they get from declaring bankruptcy to now owning a 6,000 square foot house? That's what people wanna know. Because at the end of the day, most people aren't buying houses with cash. They're going to need a mortgage. But people often want the backstory. People often want to know, um, you know, what can they do to get to where it is they want to go? 
So it's oftentimes not product related. It's kind of like Nike. Nike does a brilliant job at advertising to me. They focus on the story. They'll focus on the Serena Williams story. Mm-hmm. And you feel like after you after you watch that, you feel like you can you feel like you can hit a tennis ball like Serena Williams. So you'll you'll go buy the Nike shoes. Right. I mean, they're not talking about the Nike shoes, but they'll talk about how Serena got started and where she is today, and she's wearing Nike shoes. So yeah. now you want to go buy Nike shoes. So oftentimes it's not it's not necessarily the product; it's the feel good story of triumph of of somebody going from A to Z. And people want to see that because then we can put ourselves in that story and say, you know what, maybe I can do that. Maybe I, I just declared bankruptcy. Maybe I can build my credit and save up money, get a part-time job, start a side business, and I could buy that 5,000 square foot home. Those are the most powerful posts, in my opinion. So, um, you know, in this content game, I think one of the most under talked about, but probably the most critical um, thing is execution is how do you manage all that content, getting it produced and getting it out there? And if you're doing it on scale, how, what, what, what are some of the recommendations you would have for people? And it's just the management of doing content. Hire a team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, and you know, oftentimes when uh, somebody is tasked to create content, they're usually doing a million other things, right? They're not mm. just creating content. Um, Because we're just a company and all we do is write content. That's it. And, you know, it's a lot because we've got a team of people. But oftentimes in a business, you know, the person that's creating content is also managing a marketing team or they have to do social media and then they have to do blog posts and they've got to do like they're just wearing so many different hats, which makes it very, very difficult. But what I would suggest if you are a one man show or you just literally don't have enough people to, to do the content on scale is um, do things like create one like create one blog post that's like a thousand words and mm. take that one blog post and break it up into little snippets and you can literally create two weeks worth of content from one blog post and post that on social media and use scheduling sites like buffer there's there's a bunch of scheduling sites so you're not literally posting every single day I would say take that one piece of content break it up and and schedule that for social media posts then you could maybe turn some of that content into a video you can turn turn some of that into an audio um, also if you have podcasts that you do you can take the podcast and turn that into a blog post you can take snippets of it and post it on social media so learn to repurpose content if you don't have enough people to create a large amount of content um, that's mm-hmm. what I would say to do because repurposing content can be so powerful and then you don't have to spend so much time creating content every single day. Yeah, like uh, this, this, the beginning of this question uh, where I asked you what, what you, uh, would t- what would your advice would be for somebody trying to manage all this content and your response was hire a team. That is a wonderful little vignette quote to put up, you know, a little video or a little something, you know, on social media because it's sort of funny, but it yes. also, but it also addresses the problem, you know, gives a real answer too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's definitely a little snippet that could be posted as well, and I may do that actually. Yeah. <laughs> break up this and post it because you're right and it's the truth but at the same time I understand that not everybody is able to do that so that's why I want to give another answer cool yeah well no that's well then you can say find out what she had to say that you know that's it so where is where's content marketing going to be in five years wherever the people go is where it's going to be in five years (laughs) 
<laughs> that's I. It's this. Honestly, it's the same message. Go where the yeah. people go. Go where the people go. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's funny. I was on a, a podcast the other day, and um, someone asked me that same question, and I said, "If they're at Wendy's, go to Wendy's. Like, <laughs> really, go where they go." Um, because in five years, there will be several other social media platforms out there. There will be, you know, uh, you know, another, there, there's just, they, there's so many different platforms that show up all yeah. the time. So then you have to, then you have to be, deal with it, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. The, the thing well, there'll is, be the, there'll be the metaverse. Yes, the <laughs> yes, yes, we'll all be in the virtual. We'll all be we'll living all, in, the all be in the virtual. Yeah, exactly. We'll all be in the matrix. So um, if somebody wants to find out more about you and your company, where are they going to go? Um, varsimedia.com is our website. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn most often because that's where my ideal customer is. So I'm on there um, all the time. But my handle is Shondell Varciana everywhere. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, you have a blog or anything that you like people yeah, to look to? Yeah, on our website. On our website, website? cool. Yeah, varsimedia.com right. slash blog. Right. We've got oh. checklists. Oh. Oh. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. Um, it's been a very pleasure. You're, you're very knowledgeable and it's good. So uh, this is the Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast. You can go to wisecontentcreateswealth.com to find out about this podcast. It's uh, also on a Facebook page uh, slash facebook.com slash wisecontentcreateswealth. Uh, we're going to be every uh, Friday from noon until 1 p.m. Um, we're on the talkradio.nyc network, uh, which I recommend listening. It's a lot of live podcasts from uh, small business to big business to lifestyle to travel. I have another podcast on this network called Gateway to the Smokies, which talks about my motel and the Smoky Mountains adventures that you can have there. So um, big believer in this sort of thing. So thank you very much. See you guys next week. And it's been a pleasure. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? 
Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc.